Thank you for joining the Georgia Chamber podcast. For 105 years, we have been the leading voice of business in the state of Georgia. Through these podcasts, we want to help you better understand the issues facing our state and how your business can grow and prosper. Thanks for joining us. To learn more, go to www.gachamber.com. Okay, I'm Chris Clark, President and CEO of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce, and I want to welcome you to our Recovery and Resiliency Roundtable. We've been hosting these meetings now for, gosh, four or five months. Uh, We hope you've all had a great 4th of July break and you're back in the swing of things. We've got a great program today. We have Dr. Kathleen Toomey, who's the most famous woman in the state of Georgia. I think she gets more airtime than than anybody out there. She's the commissioner of the Georgia Department of Public Health. And we also have Blake Cook, who's CEO and co-founder of the Levy Studios down in South Georgia, who's going to talk to us about training. Uh, We'll have Dr. Toomey on first. I want to remind you uh, before we get started that you can go to our website for the latest resources, information about the governor's executive order, as well as the We're All In campaign out there and what you can do for your local businesses and how you can keep it running. I also want to remind you that our next town hall is focused on equality, much like our last one. It will be with the head of the Georgia NAACP. That'll be at one o'clock on Thursday, and I hope you'll join me for that virtual conference call. And I also want to tell you that it was um, out of an abundance of caution that the Georgia Chambers decided to move our congressional luncheon on August 11th to a virtual event. Senator David Perdue will be our keynote with a special guest from Washington, as well as members of our congressional delegation. Uh, Sponsorships and virtual tickets are available today. And so I hope that you'll go to our website and register for that event, August 11th. Uh, But again, it'll be a virtual, our first virtual congressional luncheon. So, Dr. Toomey, thank you for being with us. Thank you for your leadership, what you do every day, and your whole team. I mean, having run a few state agencies myself, I know it's not just you that gets it done every day, but you have an incredible team, and we appreciate working with them uh, all over the state. On our last call, you asked us to connect our local businesses and chambers with our local health departments. We are doing that. Those relationships are, are budding and working around the state of Georgia. Uh, but uh, curious today, as we sit here on the 21st to see where where are we in Georgia today with COVID-19 and to give us the latest update. No, true. I'm so happy to be with you here today. Thanks so much. It's very timely as we are looking at what we're doing, how we're, we're doing it, and how we can do better. First of all, I just wanted to do a shout out myself uh, for the work being done throughout the state uh, in partnership with business. And, and I, I have an updated contact list of our health directors, which we will get out to you to share with your members as well. You know, we are seeing spread throughout the state. And this is a little different than it was even in the first peak because we're seeing spread in rural areas, in metro, uh, as well as um, you know, smaller cities as well. And so we're, you know, seeing spread in communities, for example, near Dublin, which was not the case uh, early on uh, in the pandemic, as well as uh, throughout metro Atlanta and throughout um, Savannah and coastal uh, Georgia. And, And as recognizing that we are trying to take very aggressive steps uh, to improve our ability to test. And one of the challenges, as you know, is that um, uh, 
tests have been slow to come back. It's not been a public health problem. That's been a commercial laboratory problem. And we are really working hard to ensure we uh, are able to increase our lab capacity. And we have just, I signed yesterday a contract to add additional 10,000 tests a day, which we hope will allow that faster turnaround to give everyone in the state, including um, all of your businesses and their employees an opportunity to be tested and get that test back quickly that we can do appropriate um, contact tracing and other interventions with them. I, I do want to say something about masks. For, for a strange uh, reason, masks have become the most controversial topic in the state of Georgia. I, I just want to, as we have done before, I want to go on record saying how wearing masks is the single most important thing we can do to stop the spread of this virus in the community to protect yourself, but more importantly, protect others and in, in your community, as well as everyone in your business. And, and so many thanks to so many businesses who have taken that step to ask their employees to wear masks, because I think that not only sends a message about the importance of wearing a mask, it, it also um, tells customers that you need to be wearing a mask too. And I, I think that is very important message we need to have everyone understand. Um, your employees are at risk if they're exposed to customers who are not wearing a mask. And uh, somehow the message has gotten a little bit um, distorted, I think. And I recognize the civil liberties concern, but I also recognize that this is a short term request to what we hope will be uh, um, our ability to end the, uh, this, this virus spread at this time and to stop this, um, this current uptick. We've, we want to turn this around, want to turn it around as quickly as possible. We, we want to get back to normal, but we can't do that until we stop this spread. And, and that's going to happen if we are all uh, willing to take that um, step of, of wearing a mask. And many, many thanks. The business community has been um, real leaders in that uh, effort. Um, in, in order, what can, um, what can businesses do to protect their employees? I think, uh, again, masks are one important aspect, but also getting the information about spread of COVID, ensuring there's adequate hand washing, um, communicating with them about opportunities for testing, whether that's coordinated within the businesses themselves or making them aware of, of the test sites throughout the state. And, and, and if at all possible, for businesses to ensure that individuals can quarantine if um, not only if they uh, uh, get tested, but if they think they may have uh, the virus or have been exposed, to be allowed to take that time away from work and take those precautions. We can't continue to have people in the work site if they're exposed and potentially spreading virus. And that that really is a partnership between um, you know us and the um, your staff and the communities we serve. And so we the importance of heeding the, the public health guidance about not only isolation of individuals who have tested positive, uh, but quarantine of those who are exposed um, is an extremely important one. Um, when we don't follow those quarantine guidance, individuals can be out in the community continuing to spread virus uh, 
within the work site as well, which is, is a, something that we have seen. We have seen, uh, I think you would be interested to see the list of where we've seen uh, outbreaks. And uh, so the, this, when you think of the state having upticks, these upticks are made up of little, uh, little outbreaks throughout the state. And some of these outbreaks have been in many work site locations where an individual or multiple individuals have, have obviously introduced the virus into the work setting and has, and has been able to spread as well as, um, as well as uh, you know, other locations in the community. I have a special request from, from the governor when I talked to him today to, uh, for, for, um, for those who have any influence over bars in, in your communities. Bars have been a site that can potentially be uh, a, a site where spread occurs because it's hard to be in a bar drinking and, and sitting next to one another um, and uh, not, potentially spreading virus if, if you are indeed infected. And, and so the, the request we had is, is ensure that the, the uh, bars in your communities are following the executive order guidelines, which call for social distancing and restricting the numbers in the bars. And that hasn't been consistently followed. And I, I've noticed that in my own neighborhood as well. And so I, I've reached out to both Metro as well as to you to, um, you know, we would rather not close establishments. We really want to keep as, much, as many of our businesses open as we possibly can. And that's how we keep our economy going. But we also want to ensure that our communities are safe. Um, you know, one of the many questions we've gotten is, is should you conduct tests before you, uh, COVID tests before you bring individuals back into the work site. And, and uh, although there are many testing companies, um, you know, I, I think that there, I think it's, it's really um, uh, up to each individual business and particularly uh, kind of how closely people work. We, I think there's a kind of a false sense of security that a, a a negative test is, um, you know, everybody's safe. Recognizing that a test, uh, even even a PCR test, which is the gold standard, is just a point in time, and that the next day you may actually become infectious. This virus is is very um, difficult, and so I personally don't think it's warranted to have universal testing before. We, uh, we go back, but to follow those precautions about masking, ensuring social distancing, uh, allowing uh, um, uh, people to be, to have frequent hand washing and have all those pre preventive measures. I think it's important to have testing be available, whether it be uh, through the businesses themselves or in partnership with public health and ensure, that, and again, when that does happen, uh, to ensure that uh, we follow the quarantine and, and isolation guidelines as, as we have laid out. The really important message that I want to make sure that your members hear is that CDC has changed their guidelines and, and many businesses have contacted me and said that I had an individual tested positive. Um, I won't let them come back to work until they have two consecutive negative tests. That was the original CDC guidelines back at the beginning of the epidemic. Those guidelines have changed. We now recognize that you can continue to test positive, but that doesn't reflect your are infectious. It just reflects the fact that these 
test pick up, in fact, uh, dead virus, virus pieces, not, and you don't have the ability to transmit. And so the recommendation is actually do not use uh, testing for return as your criteria. And so we have advised businesses, please do not do that. Please don't send your staff who are now recovered uh, based on um, either the time from the test and the, uh, um, the disappearance of symptoms. Use that as the criteria under our guidance rather than uh, two consecutive negative tests. It's no longer required and, and can just lead to people uh, being out of work uh, unnecessarily, and it can lead to problems um, of not having enough staff when it's it's not uh, something that is is followed. It's not something that's now current guidance. Dr. Toomey, sp- speaking of testing, you know, one of the big questions that that we've heard from people is, if I've been exposed or I know somebody that has it but I have no symptoms, I feel fine, should I still go get a test? Or should we wait until you've got some level of symptom to go get tested? I mean, my advice to everyone, and I, I, my staff will tell you this, it's my cons- as well as my relatives and friends, you know, if you've been exposed, you know you've been exposed, I would, I would strongly urge you to be tested. Okay. And we have over 170 either permanent or, or pop-up spots available throughout the state. And there are other, um, uh, other businesses that are offering tests, including CVS. We're working with Walmart to uh, encourage them to uh, uh, increase testing throughout the state as well. So these are the kind of opportunities for testing that we have and will continue to grow those uh, testing opportunities, particularly in partnership with other businesses uh, as we have with CVS and we hope soon with Walmart. But having said that, there's so many symptoms of COVID, it's almost hard, almost anything could be coronavirus. I mean, we. I have a, a, a good friend whose symptoms were nausea and diarrhea. He had assumed he had uh, a gastroenteritis and much to his surprise was, was tested just as a precaution and had in fact um, COVID-19 accompanied with fever. And although CDC says usually, um, if you you usually have fever, if you don't have cough um, or um, shortness of breath, but there are many other things you can have, everything from headache to muscle ache to fatigue. Um, as, as this friend of mine did the simply uh, what we would call what appeared to be stomach flu, all those things can can be COVID. And so rather than say, gee, is this or is not, if you know you've been exposed, get tested. That's the best thing. And and hopefully uh, within the next several weeks, we will have that turnaround much faster. It's absolutely unacceptable to have to wait two weeks for your test results to come back. And that's what's happened in some areas. And we're, we are working on that to improve that uh, situation. So it shouldn't be longer than uh, two days, not two weeks. Uh, if, if, if I also wanted to make sure that your members know that as, as one test does not mean that you need to shut down your business or shut down whole areas of your business. It really depends on the situation and what the exposures were within the business. And, you know, our, our local health departments will work with you 
um, to make that assessment as, as and particularly as they do contact tracing in, in partnership with you because we encourage you to continue those those um, lo that local work together what is required and uh, I, I think that uh, that's a better kind of rule of thumb rather than saying a single case is going to shut down a business. Um, we, we need to take each case on a, on a case by case basis and it really depends on the business and, and the exposures there. Dr. Timmy, let's t tell us where we are. We've heard consistently from you and the governor, we, we tracked a 14 day average. So where are we today in that 14 day average? Are we still going up? Are we on the downside? Where are we? It, and and what, to, what to look at is, is the percent positives. Okay. And our, our percent positives are still in a double digit. Uh, and we would like to see that going down okay. and being in, in single digits. So uh, we are going up. Now, you're going to ask me why uh, are our numbers not the same as uh, some websites like John right. Hopkins. That's my next question. And it's because our numbers are actually validated. They put numbers up without validation, and so there's inaccurate data. And I, I've, I've said this so many times, our website is the, is the most accurate data because we actually validate um, the, the cases. We deduplicate. There's sometimes uh, you have a person reported through a lab, but also reported through their provider, and their name is slightly different, so they get reported twice, so it looks like you have twice the number of cases that in fact you do. And so we, I mean, the word, which I know it sounds crazy, we, we clean the data. That doesn't mean we, we uh, you know, make the cases smaller. That means we make sure that that is the most accurate data. And some of these websites don't do that. And that's why they're so fast. I would rather have a, a little less speed and more accuracy. And, and that's our intention. The integrity of our data is, is critical to us being able to respond appropriately. So, Dr. Toomey, let's uh, on that data, and this was a question I, I, someone has sent me. Let's say that I, I have it, and I go and I'm tested positive once, and then I go back again, and I, and I test positive again. Is that a new case every time that I go back and get retested, or are we just counting on your website, just the individuals that have it, and that's it? Well, it depends on how long in between. If you test today and you're positive and you go next week and you're still positive and the week after and you're still positive, that's, that's one case. Yeah. And we don't even know if you can have COVID for a second time. Uh, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty about whether there's any uh, immunity. We sure hope there is. We are looking at the development of neutralize, neutralizing antibodies is what it's called. And that's what the, um, uh, the vaccines are trying to enhance in, in uh, individuals who are getting this test uh, vaccine. Uh, but if uh, a year from now you get tested again and it's positive, that'll be a new case. And, and, but multiple tests within a short period of time are um, it's only one uh, person. And, and, and different sources of, you know, whether from a, a lab and whether from a, a, a provider and then from a, a se second lab, these will all be combined. That's why we have take a little more time because we want to make sure we have everything uh, accurately pulled together.
right? Get the data right. So yeah. Timmy, one last question and I'll let you go because I know you're busy and we'll get on with, with Blake. Um, the governor's asked us to do these four things for four weeks and we're all, yes. in, we're all promoting that as, um, as schools now are looking, we've seen Fulton, Cobb, Gwinnett, others, Henry make decisions. Should they be looking at their county data, the percentage positive rates? What other data are you recommending that those local school systems look at so parents feel safe sending their kids back to, to into the classroom? Well, you know, in some ways, the classroom is, is almost an, uh, an island unto itself. And I think children are, are, are likely to be infected out of the classroom as well as in. And, and what I've said consistently to superintendents as well as to um, uh, school boards and, and will be later this week with teachers is if we do go back, uh, and I hope we can because I think children are suffering not having the opportunity to have in-school learning we have to do everything we possibly can to ensure that school environment is safe perhaps even in a way that outside in the community we don't take those precautions and that's not just potentially having teachers staff as well as students wearing a mask but also social distancing of the desks uh, uh, having children together um, even having the teachers move from classroom to classroom rather than the students moving um, throughout the school so that you, um, you keep uh, minimize the potential for spread from place to place. There's a lot of creative things we can do to minimize the spread. I, I won't say that children don't get COVID. We haven't tested as many children as we have adults, and we have some new data that came from South Korea that shows that children do become infected, but they don't seem to transmit it uh, until they're older. And we certainly have seen um, older kids, particularly um, uh, after graduation parties occurred, wonderful socially distanced graduations and then parties afterwards that there was uh, considerable spread among the students themselves as well as their parents. And so we, particularly older students, can uh, transmit disease. So what I'm saying is rather than look at the numbers which are changing day by day and, and we hope will be going down, particularly as mask use increases in the community, think about how we can make um, that school environment as safe and consistently um, mitigating as possible within that school. Right. Well, Dr. Timmy, thank you. You've got a lot to do. We're on your team. We're praying for you and your team every day, and we're here to help. And we do have our mask that we're wearing all the I time. And mine, too. You tell us. <laughs> so, so we'll continue we, 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 we really appreciate your partnership. Thank you so very much. Thanks, Dr. Timmy. Bye-bye. Bye now. So now we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk to Blake Cook, CEO and co-founder of the Levy Studios. He's a great member of the Georgia Chamber. Uh, Blake and his team have developed a great training program that helps you and your employees get geared up, get protected, so you can get your employees back to work. And uh, we're excited to promote that program around the state of Georgia. If you're a local or a state chamber member, you actually get a discount. You don't have to pay that, that same cost for it. And so Blake, thanks for joining us. And tell us a little bit about the product you've developed and what that looks like. And thanks for being with us, Blake. Yeah, well, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. And again, I want to thank Dr. Toomey and the governor for, for stopping by last week. And, 
checking out the program and, and thank them too, especially Dr. Toomey's office for just the clarity they're providing and, you know, all this stuff that's going on. It's just so needed right now. And she and her team have been extremely intentional on producing these guidelines. So just a quick background uh, here at the levy, we uh, are a film and production studio. And a couple of years ago, we produced a uh, program uh, where we help businesses optimize their performance through video-based training. Well, fast forward to COVID a couple of months ago, and uh, my business partner and I decided to take this platform and really make a place uh, where we could uh, turn this into a COVID-19 training center. You know, if I had everyone on this call look at their email, I guarantee you they've had three emails about COVID, right? And so we wanted to create kind of a one-stop shop where someone could go in and get trained on this program. Here in Albany, uh, where we're from, we were hit so hard initially by COVID-19. And I think at one point we were in the top three per capita uh, in the state, uh, probably in the nation um, for COVID. Our hospitals were full, our businesses were closing down. So what we did is we partnered together with the county, the city and the CDB, the chamber, here locally um, to be able to offer this to community members to go through the platform. And so what we saw is that, you know, these guidelines that are coming out are fantastic, but, you know, sometimes it's hard to relay this information and make sure that everyone's on the same page. Dr. Timmy was talking about validating these people. And what we want to do is validate people on an individual level. You know, these guidelines, as they are produced and they come out from the CDC, as the, from the State Department of Health, they do change. And we want to make sure that everybody's kind of on the same page as they're going along. So what we do is we take um, video-based training of the governor's guidelines, of the guidelines from the Department of Health, and we send individual businesses and individuals from those businesses uh, through a certifiable program since we've uh, team together with the Georgia Chamber of Commerce to create this certifiable program and, and offer it to community members. And so, like one of the unique things I understand it is as the CDC or the Department of Public Health says, here's a new guideline or here's a new set of protocols, you guys literally almost overnight have those uploaded and sent back out to people. Maybe they've already take, taken the training, but now they've got to learn something else they need to know. Is that, am I, am I, expressing that the right way? Yeah, I mean, in so many ways, especially right now, information and correct information is power, right? And it's getting our, our workplaces back. And so our mission is really threefold. Number one, we want to create a safer environment for our workplace. That's utmost importance. Number two is we really wanted to create also consumer confidence. You know, as a customer, as a patron, or as anyone that walks into a business, you know, have these people that are serving me, have they been updated on the newest guidelines as to what they were? Um, and also we wanted to take that burden off of the business owners and managers because we're on our fourth iteration of these guidelines in our state, right? And so we wanna make sure that we brought some clarity as to where we are. Chris, just a, a quick example, uh, my business partner and I, Tracy Good, went into one of our favorite restaurants outside of the community and we noticed that the tables were set up with the 10 people per 500 square feet, right? And they're sending people out of the restaurant because it couldn't fit, you know, these, these customers. So we went to the, the business owner and said, hey, are you aware that these are not the current guidelines? And he did not know. 
these were the current guidelines. That's not a default of the state or anyone else that are producing these guidelines. This is just, you know, as they change, not only is it becoming a, uh, a safety issue, but it's also now an economic issue, right? So you, we have a, a, a restaurant owner that's sending people out, not knowing what's available to them. I think it's important that these business owners and the staff themselves are all on the same page when it comes to these guidelines. And so, uh, Blake, te- you started this out kind of for the restaurant sector because obviously that was the biggest impact and we know how much they've suffered. You now offer these programs in a variety of other industry sectors. Can you give some examples? Yeah, so the, you're right. The restaurant industry was hit the hardest and I believe that that's where the Department of Health started. And since they've produced over 17 different guidelines in industry sectors, including retail, industry, grocery store, amusement parks, movie theaters. So since that time, we've been able to create a video-based course for each one of those sectors. Um, So, you know, as a business owner, you could send your employees through and actually know which employees have or have not gone through those current guidelines. And so so you've got these are kind of off the shelf, ready to go for all these different businesses. But if there's a unique industry sector out there, say it's a, Uh, whatever the industry might be that has some special protocols, can you guys develop, you know, special training for their employees? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one thing to go through these guidelines, understand that everyone's safe and have access to these materials. I think that's number one importance. And number two is to say, okay, here's the guidelines, but how are these going to make us more efficient? Right. So if you had a retail location, you're going to be a little bit different than the next. Or if you had an industry that you're working in in your organization, you're going to be a little bit different than this industry. So now now what we're doing is basically as an industry or a business owner, if you have guidelines, we can go in and tailor that course to your specific needs, which, again, goes back to we want to create safety, but also we want to get our economy going back again. And what if my employees are Latino and speak Spanish? Yeah, so what we've done is we've taken these guidelines in all of those 17 sectors and we've created Spanish versions of those. And also uh, in some of these tailored versions, also if they have Spanish speaking employees, they're able to, uh, we're able to produce these guidelines in Spanish, which I think is really important in our, our state. So Blake, I, I, I register my team, we go in, we watch the videos, we answer the questions, we prove that we're, uh, we're knowledgeable. Uh, once I'm certified, I get a window clean that goes in the front window. So if I'm retail, people can see it or I can put it on my website so people know we've done the training, that we're certified. What does the actual employee get? Because we do have employees that maybe have multiple jobs right? And so is there anything that that goes with that employee that they get to take with them to show their other employers they've been trained? Yeah, I think one thing, like you said, Chris, I mean, one thing that's really unique about this program is that the program that you go through, the course that you go through follows that individual. And that's through a unique certificate that they get per industry. So if they go in and let's say they took um, retail uh, and amusement parks, they took both of those courses, they would get two unique certificates that follow them. And so if they did, let's say, get let go, or they find a new job, they would be able to print that certificate out, 
show it to their new employer just to validate that they've gone through this iteration of the governor's guidelines. That's awesome. And so for all of you that are, that are watching us, if you're a member of the local chamber, the Georgia chamber, you can go to, to gachamber.com slash COVID-19. You can learn about unified standards there. You, get the, you can get a discount when you, you sign up and register with Blake and his team, or you can reach out to us individually and we can connect you if you want some specialty training done. Um, the other thing too that we wanna recommend, if we, I know we've got some elected leaders that are on the phone with us and some local chambers as well, you can use some of the CARES dollars that our local governments got uh, in order to set up a fund to pay for the training for maybe your small businesses. And so we're happy to help you learn about that as well. And I know that's gonna be, I think, the, the bigger play long-term for communities that really want their businesses to get opened up again. Right, Blake? Yeah, and I wanted to add to that, Chris, also um, Superintendent Woods has recently released his guidelines working with the Department of Health and Dr. Toomey's office. And I want to say that they've done a fantastic job in being intentional on these and the three-phase program that they have, uh, depending on where you are in your community. And so my team has recently completed the K-12 through guidelines as they were given through the state. And we're also able to tailor these guidelines. And we're actually doing this now in a few communities where we go in and say, okay, here's the course for the state guidelines, recommended guidelines. Here's the guidelines that are specific to your needs at your school or institution. So um, we're very excited about that. And really, we just want to be a service to our state. You know, we've always been a leader, uh, I feel, um, across the U.S. And I, I think this is a great opportunity for us not only to act safely, but really get our economy booming again. Well, Blake, thank you. Thanks for, for what uh, Levy Studios are doing, uh, all you've done in Albany. Uh, you can learn more again by going to gachamber.com slash COVID-19. As we wrap up, I want to remind you again that our next uh, town hall will actually be this Thursday at one o'clock with James Woodall. He's the new president of the Georgia NAACP, and we'll be continuing our conversation about equality uh, in the state of Georgia and what your business can do to improve and engage in those areas. I also remind you that our tickets for our virtual congressional luncheon with U.S. Senior Senator David Perdue are on sale now. That event is August 11th, and I hope you'll join us at that event. Watch for the latest updates on social media, and we look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Thanks for what you do, and may God continue to bless the great state of Georgia.